Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for Romans chapter 9. I'm going to read a little introduction first to this one. Elder McConkie said, The greatest and most important talent or capacity that any of the spirit children of the Father could gain is the talent of spirituality. Most of those who gained this talent were chosen before they were born to come to earth as members of the house of Israel. They were foreordained to receive the blessings that the Lord promised to Abraham and to his seed in all their generations. This foreordination is an election. Though all mankind may be saved by obedience, some find it easier to believe and, uh, and obey than others. Hence the concept taught by Jesus that his sheep know his voice and will not follow the dissident voices of the world. The heading into the chapter reads, How the Law of Election or Foreordination Operates, Israel Chosen or Foreordained to Receive the Adoption, the Covenants, the Promises, and the Blessings of the Gospel. Yet they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. They must seek their blessings by faith. The Gentiles also attain to righteousness and salvation by faith. Rishar McConkie said, Paul here begins to comment about foreordination or predestination. Paul simply comments about matters already known to and understood by his readers. He does not define or explain the doctrines in any detail. Unfortunately, his comments have given rise to major misconceptions in the minds of sectarians who do not have the doctrinal and spiritual background to know what the apostle means in the brief allusions he makes to the great gospel truths involved. Since the true doctrines of the gospel have been revealed anew in this day, the Latter-day Saints find themselves in a position comparable to that of the Roman Saints. They can understand Paul's teachings because they already know the doctrinal concepts to which he is alluding. Joseph Smith said, The whole of the chapter in Romans 9 had reference to the priesthood in the house of Israel and unconditional election of individuals to eternal life was not taught by the apostles. God did elect or predestinate that all those who would be saved should be saved in Christ Jesus and through obedience to the gospel. But he passes over no man's sins but visits them with correction and if his children will not repent of their sins, he will discard them. Alrighty, verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the, in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For once I could have wished that myself were accursed from Christ, from my brethren and my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, of whom are the adoption and the glory of the, and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises which are made unto the fathers. Israel, the chosen seed, Israel, the Lord's people, Israel, the only nation since Abraham that had worshipped Jehovah, Israel, the children of the prophets, Israel, who had been cursed and scattered for her sins, Israel, in whose veins believing blood flows, the Israel of God shall be gathered and fed and nurtured and saved in the last days. Let there be no misunderstanding about this. Salvation is of the Jews, and if there are believing Gentiles, they will be adopted into the believing family and inherit with the chosen seed. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of, out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. But sadly, they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. And only those who turn to their God and accept him as the promised Messiah shall inherit with the chosen seed, either in time or in eternity. Verse 5. 
and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ was who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither, neither because they are all children of Abraham are they the seed, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are of the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, are counted, are counted for the seed. The righteous are counted as the seed of Abraham. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only Sarah, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. This election to a chosen lineage is based on pre-existent worthiness, and is thus made according to the foreknowledge of God. Those so grouped together during their mortal probation have more abundant opportunities to make and keep the covenants of salvation, a right which they earn by pre-existent devotion to the cause of righteousness. As part of this election, Abraham and others of the noble and great spirits were chosen before they were born for the particular missions assigned them in this life. That was by Richard McConkie. Harold B. Lee said, These born to the lineage of Jacob, who was later to be called Israel and his posterity, who were known as the children of Israel, were born into the most illustrious lineage of any of those who came upon the earth as mortal beings. All these rewards were seemingly promised or foreordained before the world was. Surely these matters must have been determined by the kind of lives we had lived in that premortal spirit world. Some may question these assumptions, but at the same time, they will accept without any question the belief that each one of us will be judged when we leave this earth according to his or her deeds during our lives here in mortality. Isn't it just as reasonable to believe that what we have received here in this earth life was given to each of us according to the merits of our conduct before we came here? Also remember that those that will be uh, that will be called Israel are those who let God prevail. And that's by uh, President Nelson in conference of October 2020. Verse 12, it was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. In Malachi 1.3, where Paul is quoting from the Hebrew word translated to hate, carried many shades of meaning, including rejections, strong displeasure, or even commonly loving less than. The important point in Paul's discussion is that this acceptance of Jacob and rejection of Esau was on the basis of personal righteousness, not on some arbitrary judgment. God chose Jacob over Esau while the two were yet in Rebekah's womb, and before either, as far as the works of this life are concerned, had earned any preferential status. Why? It is a pure matter of pre-existence. Jacob was coming into the world with greater spiritual capacity than Esau. He was foreordained to a special work. He was elected to serve in a chosen capacity. Then, through the lineage of Jacob, God sent those valiant spirits, whose, those noble and great ones, who in his infinite wisdom and foreknowledge he knew would be inclined to serve him. Through Esau came those spirits of lesser valiance and devotion. Hence, in the very nature of things, many of Jacob's seed were righteous in this life, and many of Esau's were wicked, causing Malachi to say in the Lord's name, some 1,500 years later, that God loved, his, loved the house of Jacob and hated the house of Esau. Verse 14, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he that, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, is it not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy? For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will have whom he will he hardeneth. 
Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory of the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. He says also of members of the church that God has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that he that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, and that we were foreordained to become the children of Jesus Christ by adoption, thus gaining a forgiveness of sins in this life and an eternal and an inheritance of eternal glory in the life to come. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. As he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it came to, and it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they, they be called the children or sons of the, of the living God. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, Except the Lord of Sabbath had, had left us a seed, he would we would be as Sodoma or Sodom and been like unto Gomorrah. Paul is teaching the Jews that being a Jew is not enough to receive exaltation. In other words, just the promises of Abraham. He has to prove to them two things, that the Gentiles can be saved and that not all the Jews will be saved. He does this using three scripture passages. Hosea taught that the Gentiles, those who were not my people, will be called the children of the living God. Isaiah taught that only a remnant of Israel shall be saved, not all of them. And again, Isaiah thought that most of, the, most of Israel was as wicked as Sodom and Gomorrah, but the Lord had preserved a small portion of Israel who were worthy of the blessings as the seed of Abraham. Verse 30, What shall we say then that the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, they stumbled at that stumbling stone, not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The Jews believed that only a person cursed of God could be crucified, or would be crucified. They did not believe that their Messiah would be crucified. So that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.